0: Welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hey, 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 hey. Well, welcome to our Wednesday episode of News and Reviews where we talk news and reviews.
1: Are you in a better mood today? Would you rather me be boring and get angry or would you rather me be exciting and unpredictable? Second. Second, definitely. Am might just
0: shout about DC again? Are you in a better mood? No. No? Never. You still on edge? Still upset about DC. Well, let's get straight to the news, because it kind of links to uh, what we were talking about last week. If you listened to Sunday's episode, you would have heard Alex... Talking Predict the future. ...at length about, <laughs> about the DC Cinematic Universe. Oh, DCEU, whatever it's called. Um, and kind of why their future lies. Now, in that, you've you made the claim...
1: That Matt Reeves would be leaving the project... That we, know, the Batman. that we know he will leave.
0: What have we heard since?
1: Well, we heard on Friday that he'd left, but we'd already edited the podcast and set it up to be released for <laughs> <over> the Sunday. <laughs> so he left on Friday. Talks broke down between him and Warner Brothers, and an insider at Warner Brothers has said, uh, who knows, they may well return to the table once heads have cooled, but it seems to be over and done with. Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> like what? What is give it Give
1: Victor Snyder. Kill the series. Really said Victor Snyder. Victor Snyder, yeah. Uh, just give it to Snyder and kill the series then. Yeah. That's it. There right. are no other directors in the frame as far as I'm concerned. How does
0: this keep happening?
1: I mean, do you want another podcast that's just this? <laughs> I could easily do it. Uh, the reason it keeps happening is because I don't know what the f- they're doing. Who would you put in if it wasn't Snyder? Nobody. Kill the project. Don't make the film. Is there anybody you would like to see? Not particularly, no. <laughs> no. Five years. Give it five years and then start yeah, it's, again.
0: It's happening though, isn't it? It shouldn't have to. But it is. Have we but but is it though? Do we know this? Yeah, because you've got Justice League happening, then you've got the second part's already filmed or whatever. Right. Do those, that's fine. Flash hasn't started filming, we know that. Aquaman's just announced its start date.
1: Cancel it. Cancel it. It's never too late to cancel. Do it now. Cancel (laughs) it. This is why you're single. I just don't want it to be... I don't want it to happen, but I know it will. Who do you you want to... Who who would you get to direct it, seeing as you didn't speak very much at all on Sunday?
0: I don't know. I don't
1: know. Thanks for the insight. Cool. Uh, Next bit of news... (laughs) We're not wasting any time today.
0: Um who would I want to direct it? Christopher Nolan. I think he's got a good Batman film in him. Yeah? We already saw
1: three Batman films that so were Batman films, which is the what? best kind of Batman
0: film. Christopher Nolan's
1: already done a Batman film. Batman with no never... Oh, you went in our time machine and went back in time. No. You have to shoot I'm... yourself soon, but remember <laughs> that bit. Uh yeah, so I don't know, but it was good. Glad.
0: Give it to someone like um. What's the face of this guy for?
1: Sam Mendes. Yeah. I mean, they won't. They should. I'd watch it, but they won't. Or Danny Boyle. I'd watch it, but they Can won't. Danny Boyle. They won't give a Have Danny Batman Boyle on heroin. Anyway, guys, next bit of
0: news. What's your bit you're, of news? You're very obstructive today. I don't want
1: to get bogged down in that same bit of news again. Second bit of news. Um, been some Lion
0: King casting? you seen this? Yeah.
1: Donald Glover is going to play Simba. Yeah. And, and James Earl Jones is going to play Daddy Dad again. Daddy Dad. Daddy Dad. Mufasa. That's the chappy. Do you think that it's a bit of a is, cop-out going... Have they Dad? announced Jeremy Irons yet or not? No. They
0: will do, won't they?
1: Well, the thing is, with Jungle Book it was easy because none of those voice actors were still alive today. With this, it's slightly more difficult because you're doing a property that was only made in nineteen ninety, what? Three, Four?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: this is the problem you're making ones that are too recent now
0: okay but do you think it's a bit of a cop hat going straight back to James L. Jones for people will get upset if you
1: did it people will get upset if you didn't do it you can't win because it doesn't seem fresh it doesn't make any sense basically to to say one side is right and one side is wrong because you will have an equal amount of people throwing shit at you it doesn't, it doesn't even matter what decision you make a lot of people will hate you for it and a lot of people will love you for it. If you do it the other way around, the same thing will happen.
0: What's strange is, this isn't getting like, hardly any hate compared to, say, Ghostbusters, where people went, that's an unnecessary film to make and Yeah, an you know why from. it
1: was? Because they were women. And this is the problem with people today. And as much as people say, oh no, it wasn't about the fact that they were women, it's because Ghostbusters is beloved. Oh, is Lion King not beloved? Is Jungle Book not beloved? Didn't get as much hate as you'd think. So why is it that Ghostbusters, I mean, you've started me, so I'm going to finish. Why is it that (laughs) Ghostbusters gets the hate? It's because women were stepping into those roles. Oh, I'm not a a sexist, but I don't think women should be allowed to be Ghostbusters. Oh, right. Okay. So you're the definition of a sexist. Cool. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, after the film came out, literally no one talked about Ghostbusters after that. All of a sudden it stopped being a big deal because they realised it wasn't the end of the world. The the sky didn't fall in. I mean the advent of Trump really helped with that, I feel, but you know, other than that, no one mentioned anything to do with it. I imagine Donald Trump was one of the lead cheerleaders who was sort of leading Against Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, because he's known for his progressive women's rights, isn't he? It's like it's like the last two centuries haven't happened for certain film fans and Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm very upset about this.
0: I noticed.
1: Anyway, yeah, so James and James excited for good. It? Are you excited for Lion King? No, nah, not really. No. Nah. It it for me it's not it's not one of the the top top ones.
0: When did you last watch it? Like when was the last time you watched good? Qu- uh, not Ghostbusters. When was the last time you watched Ghostbusters?
1: which one? All of them. <laughs> Right, back to well, back. Last year I watched the new Ghostbusters. Uh, maybe two years before that I'd watched Ghostbusters. Uh, last time I watched Ghostbusters too, Long ago. And it and it should stay And there. what about Lion King? Lion King. Uh, probably like 15 years ago. I'd say it's been some
0: time since I saw it. But it's my favourite.
1: It's, it's alright. Hyenas ha- are ham- funny, isn't Hamlet
0: with lions, isn't it?
1: Yeah, like, if you were going to watch Hamlet, watch Hamlet, right? Nah. If you want to watch Lions, watch David Asenborough, right? <laughs> watch the
0: Oscar-nominated picture, Lion. Or watch Madagascar. It's or watch a lion Life right. of Pine as a Tiger. Tiger. Watch Walking Dead no, that's a Tiger.
1: Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my! Watch Wizard of Oz? Oz.
0: If if you, you want to see... If
1: you want to see a lion. Oh, Cowardly Lion. Yeah, fucking hell. He's in that. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Back on track. So, uh, yeah, you know, Donald Glover's cool. Uh... An at the moment. Well, speaking of Batman news, Andrew. Yes. Alexander. No. Just no. just Alex. Mum didn't want to shorten it. <laughs> she now calls me Al, so <laughs> failed there. Uh speaking of Batman news, let's talk about a Batman film that's probably gonna be the best Batman film we see for a number of years. Mm-hmm. We've both seen the Lego Batman movie that we did uh, starring will Arnett as Batman reprising his role from well seemingly reprising his role but making absolutely no
0: reference to the event
1: well, no, it's not linked
0: no because it is because so it's he's basically playing Batman from the Lego movie mm. um, but he's still a master builder yeah well but well,
1: okay. well, this leads on to my big my one big criticism of okay. the film. Should we talk about so, what... the? So, film I is? think we should yeah. talk about what the film is first, and then we'll get into that. So, it's set in Gotham,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: Lego Gotham, and the plot basically revolves around the need to have a favourite villain, or a worst enemy, I suppose, yeah. a worst villain, a nemesis, if you will, and it's done in this great little way that's sort of very Lego movie-esque, in the sense that it follows... Him being this shut-off sort of loner who's not willing to, in a, in a way that reflects the best bits about Batman as a character anyway that we know of. Yeah. But then sort of has that thing of, without the Joker, what is he? And what what is the Joker without Batman? And it plays off that idea really well. And it's essentially the Joker trying to make Batman realise that he is in fact his worst enemy. And that and that it's not just a case of there's a great line in it where he says, um, I'm fighting around or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's really great where he's just like, Oh, I don't really I'm not really seeing I'm not really having one villain at the moment. I'm fighting around and he's like, Oh, you can fight around all you like, but you know I'm your number one and he's like, No, 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 no. Superman's my number one <laughs> yeah. at the moment. But it's you know I think it's full of the charm of uh, of the Lego movie, but also has a lot of nods to um, As to the Batman lore that you you don't really get in the standalone or in the previous Batman films because there's not space for the references they make. No, particularly because it sort of tips its hat towards some of the well, stranger the stuff.
0: It, it can have that tongue in cheek kind of thing where it looks back at Batman throughout the ages, mm. um, and it was this really really cool thing that they kind of did in the trailers. I think. But he showed Batman three years in Lego form. Yeah, where you've got him like you've got like the Dark Knight version, you've got the um, Schumacher universe ones, and then you've mm. got just the live action clip of Adam West dancing. Right. Yeah, and it's
1: it's it's great for the for those moments where you go, you can't get away with this in any in any other version of this film you can't get away with having the Condiment King, or whatever his name was, (laughs) as as a major villain. Because he's he's shown like six or seven different times in the film. Yeah. And you think one probably would have been enough for that, but they really wanted to hammer home the point that this is probably the most ridiculous villain you've ever seen. There was a villain
0: called Condiment King.
1: So it it allows them the the space to put in as much as possible. And they really do cram in a lot.
0: And I think there's like, the thing is I want to go back and watch it again because stuff i think there's missed. so much stuff I've missed in there. Yeah. Um also the cast is great. Really? Like, when strong you look cast. at that like, the voice cast, every single person like even adds like mini-, mini villains and stuff, yeah. Like people who, like, the people who voice in like Scarecrow, yeah, Who is seen like twice, I think.
1: Yeah. Jason Manzukis is doing the Scarecrow yeah. and um Eddie Izzard's doing Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff
0: like that. Yeah, Lord Voldemort's in this film, by the
1: way. See, this is one of the points where I'm like, well, I'm not so sure, because I feel like it sort of loses its way.
0: But I get that... When it starts adding extra stuff in.
1: But, that is the... that Weirdly, it counteracts the other criticism that I have of the film, is that it's not a Lego film, it's very much a Batman film that just happens to be made out of Lego. Mm-hmm. Because there's hardly any references... ...to the Lego stuff... no. ...compared to the Lego movie... ...which was so much about that... ...as well as the story that you were following... Um, ...but... ...it sort of counteracts that... ...because in Lego... ...if you're playing with Lego... ...you will often bring in a minifigure... ...who is from a completely separate franchise... ...so yeah, you've yeah. got Lego City or whatever... ...and then all of a sudden... Darth Vader turns up or whatever... <laughs> ...and you think he has no reason to be in this world... ...this is not his world... So it it sort of reflects that in the sense that all of these villains from other film properties Mm -hmm. have ended up in um, the Phantom Realm. Phantom Phantom Zone. Zone? Phantom Zone from Superman. Superman. I knew that. Uh, (laughs) So you've got things like King Kong and you've got things like... um,
0: The Gremlins. The
1: Gremlins, which is, I mean, I I genuinely think the Gremlins are only in there for that one gag on the airplane wing. Sure. Reflecting the Twilight Zone episode, but it's it's full of again really sort of clever little nods to not just Star uh, not Star Wars. What's it called? Batman. Batman not just a Batman and Warner Brothers and the sort of history of DC and stuff like that, but also to all of the other movies that there are characters from. So you've got things like the Gremlins on the airplane. And then you've got things like Lord Voldemort and Sauron and things like that where they make references to the things that they basically are representing in that world. So I I really enjoyed the humour in it. I think it's got most of what made the Lego movie really great. Because I think the Lego movie is, is is a sort of step above this. And I think if you were to do this film with any other of the characters that you got to see in the Lego movie, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I also Because he that, was the one that you were talking about when you came
0: out of the Lego movie. I also think it would be hard to do this with any of the, of the DC properties.
1: Because you don't have that history of being shown all these things on screen yeah. over the... You like, know, he's the he's is, been a present hero.
0: The thing is, you have all these different layers of what Batman has been over the years. He has been silly. He has been serious. You know, been yeah. fantastical. you know, And you can make reference to all of this in this one version you've got. I think as a fan of Batman, I think a lot of the stuff really works for me. I think it plays out really well. Um, it is in it is weird that they didn't go for like a Batman story. because so what I really like about the idea of Lego Batman is it allows you to explore some of the stranger sides of yeah. the Batman mythos that you can't really do in the films, especially not in the DC universe as it is at the moment. You can't put in those kind of stranger things. Um, but you can do that in Lego format because mm. you've got free reign. So I was a bit disappointed that they didn't, They didn't keep it in house. Yeah. But they did go, but I do see your point of, you know, that's what you did as a kid, you brought in these
1: things. I think that if I was looking for an explanation as to why they did that, that would probably be the reason they gave. And it would be the reason that I would accept as going, to be fair, yes, that sort of that that does reflect that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree with it in the sense that I would have liked it to have been more of an exclusive property sort of just to deal with the Batman stuff. But, you know, I get that you've got to include, you've got to make a plot somehow. And if all of your villains are locked up in Arkham, what are you going to do with it? Um, But no, I think terrific voice performances. Again, I think, you know, Will Arnett really just, you know, he's made that character his own. And he does a great job in this of sort of reinforcing that and just saying, you know, in terms of the Lego universe, he's the one that stands out as being...
0: And the best Batman we've ever seen.
1: And we've got. But this is it. This is what you said after seeing the Bat. After seeing the Lego Movie first time round, it was, "Oh, he's the best Batman we've ever had on screen." And you don't get that with any of the other characters from the Lego Movie necessarily. You don't go, "Oh, Morgan Freeman was the best guy in it because he voiced uh, the Master Builder or whatever
0: it was." um, Elizabeth Banks is the best wildfire we've ever seen. Uh, Wildfire, maybe. But that's only because we haven't seen. Chris
1: Pratt was the best whatever his name was Emmett Emmett no because we've seen other Emmetts on film
0: have we yeah
1: (laughs) there's a (laughs) character called (laughs) Emmett in um, 10 Cloverfield Lane I think John Gallagher Jr. is called Emmett in that potentially he's better Emmett maybe (laughs) I don't know Um, but no I think it's it's enjoyable Um, obviously I've seen it in an audience that had kids in it so yeah it it's a good way of judging how successful the film is with its target demographic, one of its main target demographic. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there's a few different ones to hit with this film. And there are certain jokes that are very much for the adults and there are certain jokes, but it still gets over the it and is a you, which is quite remarkable, I think, that they're able to work it in in a way that sort of still fits in with the, the feel of the film. Uh, but, you know, the kids loved it. They were laughing at the the pants lines and stuff like that and the toilet stuff and yeah, yeah. the you know, the adults were laughing at the sort of
0: Like there's one woman in the screen I went to who was having a whale of a time. Like mm. she had one of those laughs that no kinda of takes over the room mm. and she was loving it. And if anything it made me probably enjoy it more. I think it
1: helps. I mean, you know, it's that thing of if you see a comedy you kinda of wanna see it in a packed theatre because you don't If you see it when you're the only person in or maybe there's five people, but none of them are sitting with each other and they're just sort of spread out, no one laughs because it's just... Everyone feels too embarrassed because they're like, oh, well, if I laugh at this bit, will other people think I'm weird because I'm getting a joke they're not getting? Or (laughs) that there's no joke there and I've invented
0: a joke? A bit like you do in Deadpool.
1: Well, no, because that was demonstrably a joke that does work, but only if you're, A, aware of Yakov Smirnov and the spin doctors... And B, I think you probably have to be from America. Like, I, I think that is a very... In America, I think that joke goes down much better than it does here. But I think it is genuinely, for me, the best joke of last year. <laughs> it was it was
0: up there for funniest moment. Um, best moment. You know. But no, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it kept the spirit of the Lego movie. Um, and it, it's a way to enjoy that character that we're not getting anywhere else at the moment. So I'd really recommend it. And I think, you know, if you've got um kids and stuff as well yeah they it's, take them along it's, it's a proper there's something
1: for everyone it's an all-rounder it? yeah um but you're right it's it's easily the best batman film we'll see for the next five <laughs> or six years i imagine because we won't see another one for that time anyway let's move on hidden figures was also out this week this week yes and we both saw it it was good <laughs> That's uh, no, so uh, Hidden Figures, the based on true events, uh, which I, I believe it's based on a novel of those true events. Uh, who I can't remember who wrote the novel, but based, you know, we we follow the stories of three women within the NASA space program around the time of the um, the sort of, not the birth, but the the apex of the space race. Yeah, at the time when it was the Soviets against the USA, and the Soviets gained the advantage by sending a man into space before the USA, and sort of set in motion the chain of events that eventually ended up in Getting to the Moon. Three characters who have basically been forgotten from history and have only received recognition for what they've done recently. Um,
0: I think it's a terrific film. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this, and I said to you afterwards, I think This film lives and dies on the performance of the three leads. Yeah. And each one of them are really well played in their own right. Yeah. Because they all have different things to do. So, for example, um, Janelle Monet, she wants to be an engineer. Mm. Um, and And
1: obviously, 1960s America, there are two barriers standing in your way at this point, which is, number one, you are a woman, and number two, you're black. And both of those things work against you in this era.
0: There's that really nice thing of somebody going, you know, if you're, if you're a white male, would you want to be an engineer? And she goes, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have to one. want to be.
1: I would already be one. And it's a great line. And it sort of makes you laugh, but at the same time go, well, actually, that's horribly true. And that's, yeah. that's really unfair.
0: she has the most interesting stuff to play, probably in her personal life. I think her back... The yeah, because song, really she's nice. counteracted.
1: It's, it's, it's interesting in the way that she's depicted. Because she seems to be at the beginning of the film, sort of the feistiest of the three of them. Mm -hmm. She wants to make a a sort of nuisance of herself more than either of the other two do. But then at home, she reflects the sort of pacifist side, the sort of Martin Luther King side to the Malcolm X side, represented by her husband, yeah, who's there saying, "No, no, you need to fight for it. You need to disturb the peace. You need to
0: the kids need to witness. Yeah, the kids need to witness what's
1: happening." And I think that's what the film does quite well. It blends the home life and the work life of all three of the characters.
0: You know, I think Octavia Spencer probably has the least to do out of the three, but I still really enjoyed her performance. Well, it's
1: interesting in that she's the one who's got the nomination out of
0: them. Yeah. yeah, But I think, uh, really, if I was nominating anyone, it would be... uh, Taraji
1: P. Henson as uh, Catherine Johnson.
0: No, who I think is
1: phenomenal in this. And I think there's there's lovely stuff when she's in the... uh, Space task group room <clears> where you know you get to see the fact that you know, and Kirsten Dunt pops up in this film, yeah, yeah, in a role where you kind of think, oh, Okay, so maybe you are an actor these days, I don't know. And she's doing the Sienna well, it's Miller it's thing, it's a bit like in yeah, Moon
0: and uh, not Moonlight, Midnight, um, midnight special, special, where she pops up in that, know, actually, you're doing all right here, and um, she you know,
1: she pops up in there and she says, You know oh, well, they've never had a coloured person in this room before. Don't let me down.
0: Yeah, don't embarrass me. I don't
1: embarrass that. me. And you think, how selfish of you to be thinking of yourself here mm-hmm. when she's going in and she's got this great opportunity to be something here. And then she gets in there and then it's all about her making her stamp on that by seeing the numbers that the others don't or yeah. seeing the, the theory that, Did none that... none of them fits. want to believe
0: that she's capable of because... because of the to accept prejudice that she's all the time. Exactly, to accept she's right, you accept that this black woman... Mm. is better than you in a room full of white men. And
1: it's that thing of just watching it and being sort of constantly astounded by how many times there are references to the fact that oh they let women do that Mm. they let black women do that and you think I would have hated to have been around in this time. (laughs) Well there was an assumption that um, she was the cleaner as soon as she walks in. Yeah which is again a great moment in terms of uh, a great commentary on that time but also heartbreaking (laughs) in the sense that you're just like that is awful. the woman who's going to get you into space. Yeah,
0: and you don't realize that yet. And I think, yeah, I think everyone does a really good job. I think Kevin Costner's Kevin Costner's great in it. So I like, think he really suits that sort of role. Mm-hmm. I think he
1: he dominates that role.
0: I think you're right. You said to me afterwards because um, you watched it in a packed audience, mm-hmm. and you said about Jim Parsons. Yeah, so Jim Parsons, who is uh, Sheldon
1: from The Big Bang Theory, yeah. I can't. Remember, I think that's yeah, his yeah, character's yeah. Name. Obviously, The Big Bang Theory is now one of the biggest sitcoms on the planet, and he gets paid an extraordinary amount of money to be that role. problem is, if you're playing a physicist on TV that is very famous for his mannerisms and the way he talks and the way he acts, if you then play a physicist in a film, you instantly draw that comparison. Other than that, I think even just seeing him in another film, you go, oh, it's the guy from The Big Bang Theory. And actually, the way he carries himself in this film is too reminiscent of... Mm-hmm. the way he speaks and the way he acts sometimes is quite reminiscent of that and I think he's sort of a victim of his own success now because I think he's going to struggle with being in a film and not being seen as oh there's Sheldon. They're Sheldon because but in the audience people laughed as soon as he came on screen and you think that's not the reaction you want you don't want people seeing no. you and he, he was in the background of a shot and that was it and you get ha 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 and you go
0: but Nothing's he's, funny he's not here. really a sympathetic character, even. Well,
1: no, he's not. But then again, he's not a sympathetic character in The Big Bang Theory because he seems to be a nightmare to live with. Yeah. Is basically the information we're getting.
0: But the thing is, this happens because if you look at, like, say, the cast of Friends. Yeah. None of them really went on to do.
1: You, c- I don't think you can shake that that level of success. Off. After being there for because so as, long, you're as bigger one as a TV star than you are as a movie star because you're, you're that. Program is syndicated in so many countries and reruns are on all the time. It means that more people are being exposed to you as a as a TV star mm. in a successful sitcom than would ever see you in films necessarily. You know, but yes, yeah, there it? are there are now ex- exceptions to that where there are worldwide franchises where you get so Robert Downey Jr. is now instantly recognisable as Iron Man yeah. or Tony Stark, right? But there are there are people who are in films quite regularly who wouldn't be recognized oh, around the world
0: Benedict Cumberbatch is very well known for playing Sherlock yeah exactly but is still managing to but i think that this is the But key. it helps that there's don't, only
1: don't be so successful and in so much because they you know the big bang theory's had 10 years now or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that so 24 episodes a season something like that so so long as soon as you permeate the the sort of the the cultural zeitgeist in that way I think you instantly become set as the guy from the thing mm-hmm. who does the thing the certain way, and you're right. All of the cast of Friends have suffered from that, where they've gone, "Well, I want to try and make a career out of this," and then you see them pop up and stuff, and you go, "But you're just Phoebe." Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And um, we had the same conversation about Manchester by the Sea when Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick yes. turns up in a role that's you know completely alien to anything you know of Matthew Broderick, really. But you watch it and you go...
0: That's Ferris Bueller. But
1: you're Ferris Bueller and I can't take you seriously in this role. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I think that is one thing to take away from this film is going... It just know. jarred with me and it took me out of it slightly. Do you, know, do you want to know what my main criticism of this film was? Mm. Like, I really enjoyed it, but Pharrell was a producer on this film. Yeah. And he did all the all the music for it. like He put it all together. Yeah. But there was one song that just kept happening again and, and again and again. Yeah. And I found it really repetitive and really weird that, like, that yeah. it just kept happening.
1: Well, initially, it seems to be... It, it's, it's played, basically, every time that she makes the trip from the main building to the it west. Yeah. And and then the time that the guy has to go across there to get her, it also plays during that. And that's sort of at the apex of the film. The the, 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 yeah, sort yeah. Of the big moment of the film. And I, I, it
0: comes on and you go... I. I don't like this song. It's it's very kind of weirdly put together. Like, that that music doesn't seem to fit. Some of the, I think you would have done much better having that as a song for the film. Yeah. But having Play actual, it on the, play in the end credits. Yeah, have actual music developed for the film. You know, actually create yeah. a soundtrack for it. Um, and it was really strange because it's. If just you
1: kept... score that bit rather than putting a song there, I think it works better.
0: Because it kept it kept having, you know. And it would is... pick up
1: a different part of the song, but you'd notice the song because it's all the bits of the song sound exactly yeah. the same. And the way he delivers the lyrics of the song is exactly the same, just with different words sometimes. And you just go, I, I get I get the song. Don't don't worry. I understand that you've written it for L
0: but... What? But why? Why do you have to listen to it all the time? It was just really strange, and it? it's the one thing that I took away from. Just, I, I don't understand why you've why you've made that choice. Sure. But overall, I think save it's on just, money, doesn't it? You yeah. <laughs> know,
1: if you're a producer on the film, you may as well do the song as well. Overall, I think it's. Um, I think it's a really strong, strong film. film yeah. I think uh, really wonderful performances, uh, particularly. Uh, I mean, Janelle Monae. I didn't expect her to be anywhere as good as she was. No. Bearing in mind, I know her as being a singer first and foremost. But I think she's, you know, she does a terrific job. I think they all do. And I think, you know, Kevin Costner puts in a really good performance as well. And not to, you know, not to forget that these are real people and the stuff they achieved is incredible. And, you know, they do the thing at the end where you get the. Uh, here are the real people behind the story and here. Which a lot of achieve. these real life stories. Again, do, we've yeah. seen twice in the in the last three weeks with Lion and the Founder. So yeah. you get you get that bit at the end that's the payoff basically, the emotional payoff for you investing your time. I didn't cry in this film, which is probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> it's the first film in a long time that haven't oh no, I didn't cry in Lego Batman either. Uh <laughs> Wasn't that sad about the Penguin not getting as much screen time as I wanted him to. Uh, but no, it, it was a really, really good film. I think the performances, you're right, are the the oh, thing that it rests heavily on. And th- you know, thank goodness they got three really great performances out of those those actors. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week, guys. We'll be back on Sunday where we... I mean, we might be doing... A little, I'm not going to promise that because we, we might not <laughs> be doing it. Um, anyway... Basically,
0: if what we might be doing on Sunday, but we're not going to promise because we don't want to yeah don't don't take our word for it but the we episode might come like out to... Monday instead
1: yeah it will what I think will happen' we'll, we'll record it on the Sunday as it happens and then re- release it on the Monday
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think. If it happens If we're committed to it. it We might find a better (laughs) idea before then. Who knows? As you can tell, we put a lot of effort into planning this. Uh, As always, we'd like to thank Johnny Neves for the theme song. Thank you, Johnny. If you would like to find us, you can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher and on iTunes again and on the other one. What's the other one? Buzzsprout. That's That's the website that hosts us. Uh, we are the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. You all know that. You're listening to us now, for goodness sake. Uh, If you want to find us on Facebook, Dinosaur Man Nerdcast, leave a comment, leave a like, tell us why you hate us or love us in one of our uh, uh, case. I think people like you more than they like me. You've said this many times. Yeah, but that's because I know for a fact there's someone out there who really doesn't like me who listens. (laughs) Because you tell me every time you speak to him. Um, (laughs) If you want to get in touch... In touch on Twitter, you can do. We are at Dinosaur Man Fifteen. As always, we would like to thank Andy Hughes for being here.
0: Thank you, Alex. And he I'd is like the host,
1: to... and uh, he is the host with the most. I would
0: like to thank. I've you. never
1: said that before, and I love it. It's tacky as anything,
0: but I love it. I would like to thank you. I'm sorry for that for being constant... the guest who has messed up the most podcasts, and that's undoubtedly true.
1: Uh, oh God, last week was an absolute night. Until
0: next time. <laughs> Bye. Dinosaur. Dinosaur man.